Hi, everyone. My name is Sumbul Siddiqui. Welcome to Our Women Are Here podcast. And I'm Alana Mallon, and we are Cambridge's two new city councilors, and we are live from Sumble's bedroom. Yes, we are. <laughs> I've missed you, my friend. This is the first time I'm seeing you in person for weeks since you fell and broke your ankle. What happened? Yeah, I went and broke my ankle after slipping on ice on March 16th, a day I'll never forget. <laughs> it will live in infamy. It really will. <laughs> and you said 30 was going to be fun. It is going to be fun, I promise, but stop falling. Yeah, it's going to be a long road, but I'm so grateful for family and friends. Thank you to also the city staff because I have been able to pr to pr participate via phone in all the meetings, so that's been great. But I've missed seeing people and going to community events, but hopefully I'll be back in action soon, and I really appreciate Alana coming over <laughs> to do this with me. And, you know, I just wanted to also say that after I fell, she was one of the first people who I spoke to, and she listened to me crying. I did. And she brought me cookies that night. So I, I got to so say. I felt so bad listening to you. You were like, I'm in the ambulance and I'm in the hall. I'm so scared. So I felt like the only thing I could do is really bake something. That's my part. That's what I participate. That's how I helped you. <laughs> Sorry. I really, no, I really appreciated the, the, the amazing cookies. And I thank everyone for their well wishes. Well, I have to say, it's weird seeing you in person because I've just heard this disembodied voice in the Sullivan chamber and it has been annoying to do everything by roll call vote. I can't I can't lie. That's annoying. So come back soon, please. I will. I okay. will. Well, have you at least binge watched any good shows while you've been sitting here on your bed with your leg up? Yeah. So I finished Grace and Frankie season four. Oh, I love that show. So good. So good. And I also really love Blackish. I love Tracy Alice Ross. She's my favorite. So So I I think I heard a rumor that they're not renewing that show next season. There's some, there's some rumor that that's happening. Did you, have you heard uh, that? I'm going to be devastated. I hope not. I, I, so I have to say I haven't seen the show, um, so maybe on your recommendation I will watch it. But I, I have to know that they're not going to cancel it or what. I'm not going to get involved. Yeah, I'll find out in Google, but definitely recommend it. Anyway, it has been a long road. It's going to be a long journey, but we're so happy to be back. Uh, we have a lot to talk about since we missed last week so let's get to it yeah so i'm excited to get back into some council stuff and talking to you guys about it so first i think we should talk about a major win that you and i had together so last month we put in a policy order to create an all walk pedestrian signal in central square at the intersection of mass ave and prospect and rivers sort of that big intersection in central so currently there's a five second delay from when the light turns red to get into the crosswalk before you people start going right when they get the green light. So you're kind of in the crosswalk and people start turning into you and they're waiting for you. To, it's a real conflict. And I know that a lot of families with young children feel like it's they didn't have long enough to get across the street, that five seconds really wasn't long enough. So we asked for an all-walk signal. And apparently the city council has been asking for this for years. And traffic and parking kept saying no. So, well, this time traffic and parking came back and said, get this, they said no. I bet that wasn't what you thought I was going to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> but they did say no to an all walk, but they came up with an excellent alternative plan, which is to add 10 more seconds to the five seconds for a total of 15 seconds. This will allow the majority of pedestrians to safely cross to the other side, which is a great alternative and was endorsed by Livable Streets Alliance, the Cambridge Pedestrian Committee, and Walk Boston, the regional pedestrian advocacy group, 
So this is going to be um, implemented in the next couple months. So it's a major win, and we'll take it. Yeah, I've already put it on my campaign materials that, you know, I got 10 extra seconds. Like, done. Boom. We got to do it. Yeah. We got to do it. <laughs> it's the small things <laughs> in life. Yeah, so I'm really glad we could work on that together. Yeah, definitely. So we do have some other news about items that were on the agenda this week. And one policy order that we also put together with the vice mayor was requesting a full list of city-owned vacant properties and empty lots. This is not an exhaustive list anywhere. Uh, there, there's not one that exists. So, And it's hard to really have conversations about affordable housing without fully knowing where we might already have leverage or space. Yeah, and I feel like it's not just affordable housing, right? We're looking for places to have early education centers and possible places for artists. And, uh, you know, to in order to have a really robust conversation with all the data, I think it's important to get this list. And I have to say, I spoke with our assessing department, and they're working on it. And I think it'll be an interactive mapping tool, not just a document that just exists kind of in black and white as a PDF, which is kind of what I was <laughs> envisioning. But I think it's going to be more interactive than that. And just having that, will I think, will be so helpful as we have these conversations. So um, I'm excited about putting that together. I think it will help inform some of these conversations that we're having that kind of, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like once a week, Somebody says, well, that's a city-owned lot or that's a building that the city owns and there's nothing in it. So I think just having that information at our fingertips would be great. Yeah, and having that list and then having plans for it that we can work through, uh, I'm really excited about what's to come. And so other exciting things uh, are also uh, about an order that you put in about creating an arts overlay in Central Square this week. And it brought out so many of the arts community in support of the order and, you know, it was actually spurred by the closing of a long-standing musical practice space called EMF on Brooklyn Street. And in this situation, tenants were being asked to move by the end of April. And, you know, it's a bad, it's a bad situation, right? You it's know, No, it's terrible. It's not these fair. Musicians, they've had this practice space for pretty cheap for a long time. And for a lot of them, it's the way that they can operate their craft and, and um, you know, function in Cambridge and really thrive as a musician. But property was sold two years ago and they're now being asked to move out yeah and in this situation commercial tenants rarely have rights i've you know represented many commercial tenants and in you know the private landlord is allowed to do what he wants uh and it's really uh, unfortunate because legally the commercial tenant is always at a disadvantage i think that their scholars and others were thinking about how do commercial tenants have more rights what under ends up happening is when you negotiate a lease, the landlord provides the lease, mm. and then the tenant usually almost never reads it mm -hmm. if they don't. Well, they're so wordy and long. And I so think long. Make them long and wordy on purpose. So you all don't purposeful. Read them. It's all like the purposeful. iTunes thing you have to agree. Like you're never going to read that whole thing, and then they steal all your information. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and as, uh, if you don't even have an attorney helping you look through that yeah. lease, and an attorney is really expensive. Yeah. So. Then you're signing something and you really, it, it, you know, it's one of those situations. Well, and I feel like those musicians were also subtenants, right? There was the, the property manager that was letting out spaces, these, you know, 15 by 15 spaces for, you know, all of like bands, equipments and people to have their music, you know, their musical instruments in and give lessons in. I mean, it's a really, it's part of the fabric of the Cambridgeport neighborhood. So it's a real shame that it's, that this is happening. Um, so... Yeah, so even before the EMF bu building situation came up, we had both heard some really passionate appeals 
for help from some local artists to protect and create more artist-related spaces and housing. So Central Square is the Arts and Culture Center of our city. Central Square is one of 42 designated cultural districts in the state. We have a museum, several dance facilities, live venues, and you know, so much more. Central Square is just kind of this really awesome and funky place. Um, but it's in the middle of its cultural district redesignation. So I really felt like this was the perfect timing to look into the possibility of creating an arts overlay in Central Square. So just as a, for example, Union Square in Somerville has had an arts overlay in place since 2009. And that area has been attracting, have been attracting innovative arts ventures into the area ever since. So right now the Bow Market concept is being built, which I don't know if you've been over there to see it. It's amazing. It will have um, arts incubator spaces with retail and a strong food component and a brewery. Um, and you know, I got the sense even on Monday night that right now people in Cambridge feel like we're losing our arts and culture and becoming just business oriented. And zoning is the most effective tool in our tool box to combat you know, a further loss by incentivizing arts-oriented uses. I think we really need to be intentional about retaining and attracting the arts economy. And an overlay, overlay. I can't even talk. I think it's your bedroom. <laughs> it's probably my bedroom. <laughs> an arts overlay um, would incentivize things like artists live workspaces, studio space, arts educational facilities. It would provide conversion of underutilized space for arts-related uses and giving density bonuses for creating arts-related spaces, and also relaxing the parking requirement for arts-related spaces. So the Bow Market, for example, has zero uh, parking, which is allowed, it's allowed under their overlay, which means that you'd be able to build something. So I, relaxing that parking requirement alone will be huge. So I'm, I'm thankful that you signed on to this with me because I think you had some you had some real um, successes up in Lowell with some of your clients. Yeah, I mean, I am so grateful for you to, you know, for putting this policy order together. It's going to be a great tool. Lowell's downtown area has had this type of zoning since 2004. Uh, I'd, I've had a lot of clients who are artists who benefited from the work lives space. And really, uh, if you see Lowell now, it is just attracting so many artists because of this type of zoning. So if we can do something similar here that we're really making it much more of an commu arts community, focused community than before, then, you know, I think we are really going to be doing, you know, a favor to this Im really important community that is so great. Yeah, and like I said the other night, this doesn't help in this particular situation with what's happening on Brookline Street, but hopefully it will help to stem the tide and not and help in not having that happen in the future. Exactly. And the result from Monday is that this went to the committee I'm chairing, the Econ Development Committee, of which you're a member. So we are going to be working on this together, and we're really looking forward to drafting the language and then making sure it goes to ordinance. So we're really hoping to work on this quickly. Yeah, and, you know, I have to say, mo Monday night, there was a real, like, back and forth about where this was going to go, and it got a little dicey, right? So I... We have different committees, so there's nine different committees, right? Are there more than that? I think, I think that's it. And so different counselors chair different um, committees, and they're, you know, they're different focus. So somebody suggested sending it to the neighborhood and long-term um, committee, of which I'm not even a member. So it was something where I, w I felt really strongly it had to go to a committee where I felt like I could fight for this thing that I had put forward, and I was really excited that it, it ended up finding its way into the Economic Development Committee, of which you are a chair, because I feel like 
you and I working on this together and working on that zoning language with other counselors, we can really put something strong forward to the ordinance committee, which is where actual language is drafted to change zoning. Um, and then the city council has to vote on that. So it has a lot of steps here, um, but I look forward to actually getting into the meat of this. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to next steps on this. So we'll we'll keep you updated on where this goes, and then we can, you know, hopefully see this artist overlay. Woo. So speaking of committees, uh, you know, these committees have started meeting in earnest, and I chaired my first one yesterday. I know. It was so ex- I was so excited for you. You were like, doing it. Yeah, I came with my leg. <laughs> we did not have the Economic Development Committee hearing in Sumble's bedroom. She did actually come to City Hall, which was really nice to see you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great to see people. I was like, oh, I'm finally leaving and seeing daylight. <laughs> so did you say your mom didn't know you were leaving? She still doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the retail strategy report came out in June 2017, and there was a series of recommendations from it. And the purpose of yesterday's meeting was to really get a sense of where things are, where you know have been the re- where are the recommendations recommendations going, and what progress has is ma- has been made. So, you know, we heard from our community development department. They're mm-hmm. working on, you know, a number of things. You know, right now they're getting the food truck pilot going, which is so so exciting. I can't wait for that to happen. Yeah, and they told us that fourteen out of the sixteen applicants were women and minority owned businesses so not applicants but actually people that received the license right to do the food oh truck. yes so you're right 14 out of 16 are women owned or minority owned which was a real focus for them they really wanted to make sure that we had the diversity there that um that we have i'm excited about that yeah so i really applaud their efforts to to make sure that's happening another thing the department is working on is updating the land use classifications which can make the permitting process long and onerous. You know, these days we have a lot of innovative type of businesses coming and they don't really fit within the current rules. So we have to change things. And we heard from, you know, some of the business associations that that can actually, that land use barrier can actually really affect how long it will take you to open your business. And so, you know, once you have to start permitting and licensing, and you start to start paying rent. So you could have a business where you are paying rent for nine months while, you know, things are going through zoning and permitting because our table of land uses isn't updated. Um, and so these, these small business owners are putting out so much money even before they're opening a business. And, you know, I thought about my clients that I've had in the past. And often when I've reviewed their leases, I have to negotiate with the landlord and say, look, we have to have a different rent commencement date you know you have to give us at least three four months free if you can because we're not going to be in business sometimes you know they won't but you have to ask but i think in so many situations you know you don't have a lawyer and you're just going with it and then you're on the hook for paying rent for all you know so many of these months yeah and i would imagine in cambridge there's such a hot market for store spaces right exactly there's not a lot of room for negotiation for these folks so you hate to have a small business owner you know, really starting out in the red like that. And it really what it creates is all of these bigger businesses with the legal teams, with the deep pockets, being able to actually take over those spaces. And that's kind of, you know, you need some of those, but you need also these small local businesses that can that can really bring the vibrancy to our, our community. Exactly. So, 
you know, I'm most interested in the pop-up activation and doing something about our vacant storefront. So we, again, put in something uh, for next week where we are talking about the fact that vacant storefronts are not good for neighborhoods. They're definitely not, and they're not good for our squares. Exactly. I mean, the rate is, they said, I think 1.5%. So we have a low vacancy rate. With that said, they're, they're the, the vacancies that do exist, they're an eyesore. They are. I mean, if I think about Central Square, the old Blockbuster location, that is a huge part of the frontage right in the heart of Central Square. So it's really tough when that one's open. The Payless, you know, so th- some of these are really bigger ones. And I know they were talking yesterday about some of the places in Harvard Square that are the, you know, where Ann Pizza is going to be and Hidden Suites. So that's quite a lot of Brattle Street that's dark. Exactly. And so um, our hope is that, you know, we're continuing to push the city to think about how we operate with vacant storefronts. You know, Arlington has this registry program that exists where as soon as your property goes vacant, you have to sign up for the database. If you don't, you have to, you know, pay a $400 fee. uh, And you can waive that fee if you put art in your vacant storefronts. So I think you know, our city is thinking about ways to do that. Uh, as our job as counselors, we really need to make that a priority and push it forward. Yeah, and I'm really excited. They're hiring a- another person to work in the economic development department to actually implement some of these strategies um, that came out of this big report. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that person starting, whomever that person may be, um, and really hoping that that person is kind of that go-getter person who's going to be creative. Because I think even when we were talking about these pop-up spaces yesterday, that we got a little bit of a pushback. So I'm hoping that this person can can work uh, to push the envelope a little bit. Exactly. So, you know, this term, I think uh, much of the work of the econ development will be focused on this, will be focused on the artist overlay. But really, how do we help our, you know, struggling small businesses and our artist community? Yeah, because I... I had this feeling yesterday during the meeting, like there's there's only so many tools in a city's toolbox, right? So taxes, zoning, um, you know, some of kind of some of these other creative solutions. I feel like our economic development department does so much with our small businesses. We've got a small business summit coming up, which is a big conference with, you know, to help guide small businesses when they're having issues with, you know, trying to get online or developing a social media presence. They do grants for um, storefront beautification and ADA compliance. The city does a lot, um, but it's just about trying to figure out what those um, those other levers are that we're going to pull. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's really exciting to to think about what's to come. So what else are we going to talk about? We have the housing committee update. Yeah, so that happened last week. Um, and it was our first one, and I was really excited about getting getting there and getting to work because you and Councillor Simmons are co-chairs, and last term, Councillor Simmons was also a co-chair and came up with um, this comprehensive affordable housing plan that had a lot of different ways that we could be attacking this particular problem. And um, it's really going to be about prioritizing some of those things and trying to figure out how to get them done during this term. Yeah, and we heard from our local housing providers, including the city of Cambridge. We heard from Just a Start Corporation. We heard from Home Owners Rehab, and we heard from the Cambridge Housing Authority. And they told us what they were working on, some of the challenges they faced, Mm -hmm. 
So I think it was great to get a sense of where they were at uh, in terms of what they're building, what resources they're lacking, and the challenges they're facing. And so our next housing committee meeting will be April 10th. And that meeting will really be able to prioritize uh, and go through the list of items that as a committee we want to work on. One of the things that got brought up during that was this idea of a citywide affordable housing overlay. And I'm really excited about doing that. I think that's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of work and a lot of conversations. And I don't want that to be the only thing we work on. Um, so uh, that's my fear and my feeling um, walking out of there was I, there are a lot of things in there that I think that we can do. We just have to make sure that everybody's kind of firing on all the cylinders and kind of coming to the table saying, how can we do as many of these things as possible during this term? Yeah, I think we have to be aggressive. aggressive. I think in the years past, the committees have worked on one or two things and they've been great. I think we have the potential to do even more because some of these, uh, you know, there's a transfer fee uh, idea. Yeah. There's, you know, there, there's looking at tenants' rights. There's a lot of uh, really important things. And I think if we just narrow down, uh, we will to, to at least maybe a list of five, you know, yeah. let's try to accomplish this in the in the next year and a half that we have. So I, I'm looking forward to it. We'll keep you updated on all that work. But definitely, when is it on April 10th? It's at 5 p.m. It's on Tuesday. So 5 to 7. And I would, again, encourage people to come. There were a lot of people there, actually. I was very surprised and excited. And I would have to say that so there is an, an, a period of public comment at the end. And a small property owner came up and said that you know she hadn't previously been involved in the affordable housing conversation, but um, the tenant's first right of refusal that had come up last month kind of had galvanized the, s the small property owners to kind of say, we are part of the solution and we want to continue to be part of this conversation because how can we help? And so I really thought that that was um, a takeaway for me from the conversation that I was excited about, that maybe these small property owners are really feeling like they want to be helpful in this conversation. So, Yeah, and we have to include them in the conversation. So I'm, I'm looking forward to their input. We also had other committee meetings. I w I'm a member of the Public Safety Committee Ooh. and the Neighborhood Planning Committee. I think I'm on every committee, everyone. I do. Every time I talk to you, you're on a committee, you're heading to a committee, and I'm like, I'm not on that one. I'm not on that one. But, you know, I have to say public safety is maybe not my... That's not my forte. Yeah, it, you but know, you talked about we Airbnb at the we public safety committee meeting, which I couldn't make compute. Yeah, so uh, Councillor Craig Kelly chairs that uh, committee, and he wanted to talk about the implementation of the Airbnb ordinance. Because mm, it's April first. It goes, uh, you know, into effect April first. So if so you have an Airbnb, you have to register it with the city. It has to be inspected, and you have to pay. I think it's five hundred dollars. It's a hundred dollars. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Let me. I should know for sure, but I'm <laughs> pretty sure it's a hundred dollars. Anyway, so the update was that, and it was complicated by the fact that there's a state bill pending. Right. Which kind of came out of the blue. I feel like. Right. So Airbnb hasn't really been responsive. Well, because they're waiting us. to see what happens at the state level. Exactly. So TBD. Uh, you know, you it's the law is in effect, so please register your Airbnb. And it's super easy from what I understand. Really, really easy to register your place. Yeah, and we can tweet out information, and there's been, you know, information sessions on that. 
So stay tuned. We'll have updates. And what happened at the Neighborhood and Long-Term Planning Committee meeting? What did you guys talk about? We talked about municipal broadband. Oh, and that age-old chestnut. Yeah. So uh, what I'll say about that is there's definitely an appetite to do something about the digital divide. Absolutely. I think when we were in D.C., we were talking to our the high school students that were there for youth council, and it's something they really want to work on, too, because it is they see it. They see it every single day. It's a huge problem. The city of Cambridge does have a lot of Wi-Fi spots. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the library. You know, we have uh, squares that have public Wi-Fi. You know, but the next step is, you know, can the city have its own municipal broadband and it seems that from that conversation the city is not ready to do that and well it's, it's not a, a priority investment right so that i think the number i saw was 180 million dollars yeah that you know there was a committee that did work on this 2014 2014 and uh there's a broadband committee that came out with a set a recommendation so it, it's an investment there's so you know there are some groups right now upgrade cambridge there's one group that is one group who is really paving the way pushing it forward yeah to start this conversation so i think uh, you know i think the our city is looking for our city council to come up with some more policy objectives to push through about what exactly we'd like so i think that'll be the next step like are we trying to provide you know wi-fi in all the Cambridge housing developments mm-hmm. are we, you know, so th- those are some questions that came out of that committee. So I'm excited to try to work on this and try to get to a, a goal where we know exactly how we're trying to solve the digital divide. Well, I mean, Comcast has such a monopoly here. Yeah. And I was just looking at my bill and I was just really shocked at how much it had gone up even in the last like six months. I mean, it's a lot of money. It is. It's for everyone. You know, it's not just the internet. These costs are expensive for low-income residents, for moderate-income residents. It's it's really expensive for everyone. Yeah, and when I was mentioning the youth council before and what they see every day, I guess I'm I'm really talking about the homework divide. You know, so almost every, even in seventh grade, uh, my son's in seventh grade, all of the homework is actually done on Google you know, in your Google Docs, all of your homework comes in that way. You have to do all of the research online. So, I, you know, for kids who don't have internet at home, what do they do? So they have to go to the library, and it's just not very, it's not. And the library closes. We had great yeah. public comment. People who come home from a job, they want to apply to other jobs. They right. don't have internet. Right. So uh, that's going to be another challenge our council works on. Well, I'm glad because I know that it had fizzled out after the, the broadband task force. After the recommendations, it just kind of went nowhere. So I'm glad that they um, there's a group that's reviving this conversation because I think it's an important one to have. Definitely. Um, well, and speaking of important <laughs> conversations, one of the things I'm most excited about, I mean, I, if you have been reading my Twitter this week, is the rollout of the curbside composting. We have citywide curbside composting starting next week. Can you guys believe it? So remind me, it's only for units that are 1 to 12. 1 to 12, right. So if you live in a building that has 12 or less units, you get curbside composting right at your house. So Blessed. So I got home on Wednesday, and I had a new 
brand new curbside compost um, bin to put outside with my trash every week. But they also provide kitchen bins so that you have something inside. And then they provide even the bags that go inside the little kitchen bin. And I mean, it had instructions on what to put in there. And it's everything. It's like meat, bones, tea bags, everything. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it's everything. I and I'm I I feel weird about how excited I am about composting. <laughs> <laughs> so I got home Wednesday and I had the bin, and then I got home last night and I had a door hanger on my door that said like, "Did you get your bins? Call us if you didn't." And then I went inside. I was making dinner, and I got my doorbell rang, and I went downstairs. It was somebody from the Department of Public Works who was like, "Did you get your bins? Do you have any questions? Can I get your email?" I mean, the DPW has done such an amazing job with this rollout I was so impressed and I think the girl who came to my door was a little bit unprepared for how excited I was to see her shout out to Owen shout out to Owen O'Reardon and John Nardone and all of the people of the Department of Public Works that have made this rollout so successful um, I know how much work that must have done have how much work what am I saying they have done yes that they have done to make this seem so seamless. So shout out to the DPW. If you want to love them on Twitter, I'm sure that they will love that. Yeah, and so that starts April 2nd, Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday. Great. And what else? Uh, there's another exciting thing that starts April. Less than exciting. Yeah, it's not that fun. It's street cleaning. Yeah, street cleaning. So street cleaning starts. So you've probably gotten a message from the city of Cambridge on your phone because I got a call from them saying street cleaning has started. So just be mindful and remember so you can move your car. And what I would say is you got a, a, a text on your phone. You can sign up for either texts or emails um, on the DPW's website so that you never have to worry about, you know, when is street cleaning? Is it this Monday and not next Monday? You know, so sign up, get a text to your phone, don't get towed, but let's get those streets clean. They are really, really gross. They're rough. And we have to make sure more people know about the texts and the messages. And a lot of people still always forget. I know. And you can get one to when your trash is getting picked up. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're going to have to work on spreading this <laughs> right. knowledge. We'll spread the word. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's all the news we have for this week. There's definitely some things on the Cambridge City Council uh, agenda for Monday night that are going to be podcast worthy of discussion. Um, so stay tuned. And hopefully that. next week won't we won't be in my bedroom. <laughs> It's kind of cozy in here. Your mom brought some some fruit. Yeah, I saw. that yeah. was really nice. Thank God for uh, uh, being, uh, you know, with my near my parents. Shout out to moms. Yes, shout out. Honestly, I have the best mom in the entire world. You really do. She's been my rock. She's everything to me, and she. I d I really don't know what I would do without her after this injury. Like, thank God I, I have her, and I could. I wasn't by myself amazing i was at this event last night um the trailblazing women event and there were so many women who were being recognized just for being like extraordinary extraordinarily extraordinary right like your mom is just this extraordinary woman but she probably doesn't even know that oh god i, we, I wish i could ce celebrate her at this event maybe next year maybe next year we'll get her to be a trailblazing woman i love it well everybody tune in next week we hope you have a great week yeah see you next week bye